It's 12 noon in London, 7 a.m. in Philadelphia, and around the world, it's time for Live Aid. Nice work, Glenn. How did that come out? Beautiful. First take. What's the What's the first band on? Status quo. Rocking all over the world. Oh, it was. All the geezers were up for it. You forget how big they were, right? Status quo were massive. Yeah, because they kept playing the same status quo songs. It was yeah. the status quo, yeah. I, I've, in all fairness, I think the organisers of that massive gig, to put status quo on first with rocking all over the world, hats off. I think that was a perfect choice. It was. I agree. I agree. I, I remember seeing a little bit of Live Aid back in the day. Um, not huge. Well, I actually probably watched more of it than a lot of kids. Um, I remember, I don't remember the start, obviously, because I was sound asleep. Um. Yeah, if, if it's twelve noon in London, it's twelve midnight or one <laughs> one one a.m. in 1 a. New Zealand, something like that. In, yeah, yeah, in Wellington. So, um, I remember Mum and Dad getting up early to watch some of the London stuff, and mm. then it was on all day the Philadelphia stuff. So, mm. I got to watch heaps. I remember Mum being super excited that Eric Clapton was on. She's like, Whoa, it's Eric Clapton! And Dad was like, I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember was that was the show I wasn't allowed to watch. Such, mm? was, such was my sad weekend life back then. Oh, really? Oh, suck. Totally. totally. Oh. But welcome, everyone. Welcome. We're, 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 down, we're down one of us. Down a man. Why, why is he down, David? Man, man down. Man down. Actually, he's in the year, isn't he? Somewhere between Dubai and London right about now. Yeah, uh, there you go. He's oh, winging um, his way to London. Our yeah, Dubai. co-host Martin is um, heading back over to London to see the final and catch up with friends and that. So that good on him. If you're listening, Martin, missing you. But we'll put a plug in, mate, for your favourite album and favourite movie. Oh, Don't sounds worry, great. Mate. Yeah. Yes, yeah. man. Yeah. How are you two chaps? Ian? Yeah, I'm good over here, mate, in uh, Taranaki. It's yeah. been been a cool couple of days. The mountain's got plenty of snow on it, but all is good in the hood. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Glenn? Uh, reporting north of um, Wellington City and the wonderful tower. It's awesome. Yeah. Everything is fine. 1985, fellas. We can remember this, can't we? Well, I feel that I've actually talked quite a lot about 1985 already um, in a previous podcast when Martin was hosting it around albums mm. that had an influence and that movies that, that had an influence. Yeah. And both of mine came from 1985. They so, did indeed. Um, I think it's more of a, I don't know, starting to grow up. Turning, yeah. I was nine. It's a pretty good age. Nine. What do you remember of 1985? Damn it! How old were we when we went to into we went to Uh, uh, intermediate? Eleven. Yeah, you would have been still in Tower. Were you in Tower? I was living in Hampton Hill in Tower. Yeah, I was uh, with my mates. I wasn't really into music, and we broke into a placemaker's. 
How are those two connected? <laughs> <laughs> which which placemakers was that? And Potty Ruin. Yeah, we were bad. We were naughty. Oh. I was a naughty boy. But I was redeemed. I'm a good boy now. Yeah. Absolutely. And and when we, yeah. we met you, um, you were certainly a good boy then too. Yeah, I got, my, I got my act together. Yeah. yeah. Between ages 9 and 11, you had your act together. Yeah, I did all right. But I was uh, musically... I don't remember Live Aid. Nah, I didn't watch it. Um, I think I had one album, and it was a tape cassette, and it was my favourite album ever. I had two uh, two tape cassettes. My first one was Texas Flood, my favourite album ever, mm-hmm. SRV. Mm-hmm. And the second, one, the second one was uh, Present Arms, UB40, I think. Mm. Another good how album. Did, how did you get into SRV? It was a friend of my mum's who came around. They were having a party, and uh, he was chatting to me about playing guitar one time in the garden. He left a tape cassette behind, and that was it. Awesome. Just a twist of fate. Twist of fate. Fabulous. Because SRV was very very popular in New Zealand. In fact, he was on, I think, the Europa ad for... um, um, on the desert road playing guitar and stuff, eh? And like you check it out, there's a sold out. Oh, ad. right. This sort of gunslinger, sort of guitar player, right? Oh, yeah. He was really big in New Zealand. I think he married a New Zealander as well. He did. Um, yeah. yeah. He had a great album out in 1985, Soul to Soul, but I didn't review it. Uh-huh. What about you, Dave? What were you doing in 1985? Nine years old. Ten. I would have been 10. I was, what was I doing? I was probably... Probably just and actually peak Star Wars age oh, yeah. eight, not ten, I remember. Uh yeah. Really getting into my Star Wars figures. Transformers. Transformers. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. I got into Dungeons and Dragons then. That would have been about standard four. Yeah. Yeah. D&D. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was getting into that in a big way. And mm. musically, no, not not quite there yet. I remember 86, 87 were I remember, do remember the top 40, listening to 87 top 40, which was at the end of the year. So, and think and loving all those songs. So I'm probably a year away at this stage from really getting into music in a big way. Although one of the album I'm going to review tonight um, from 85 was one of my first LPs I bought back in the day. Oh, I love it. Sorry. What one's that? That's my ringtone. You pinch, you, you pinch my ringtone. That's mine. Pac-Man. Yes. Great minds. I was just thinking, it's in my pocket. It's not vibrating. <laughs> Old school. I had it, I I had it. it, on, I had it on solo. Uh, no, no, silent mode. Yeah. yeah. That's a good choice, mate. Well done. Oh, yeah, Brahman's got, Brahman's got um, um, Super Mario Brothers. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Nice. And here we go. Here's a bit of madness. Ah, oh, pet peeve. When people have a full song or a bit of a song on, <clears> as <throat> their ringtone, 
it's like mm. their favorite song or something and it comes out of those really shitty tinny speakers oh, and yeah. it all sounds naff yeah. um and i just can't stand that go for a proper ringtone yeah oh, that's, that's my, my um... grumpy old man on the couch <laughs> comment I used to have the Imperial March for my ex-wife. See, there are good things about getting divorced. You can have some fun. Shout out to Ian's ex-wife. Nice. All right, chaps. I can't imagine her listening to this, can you? No, No, thanks for ruining my life. Moving right along, although probably in the same sort of vein. The Rainbow Warrior chaps, remember that? Yes. It was a boat. A couple of Frenchmen, <clears throat> French man, French woman. Yeah. Broken some and, and others who got away. They were protesting the atomic oh. bomb um, tests yeah. up in the Pacific, you know. Oh, good old good France. On good on you, yeah. France. Instead yeah. of testing the bomb in your own backyard outside of Paris, you went to the South Pacific. Thought, yeah, I'm going to f up that atoll. Yeah, good one, yeah. guys. Um, so yeah, they're protesting against it, and the French packed us out at it and bombed, bombed a boat in Auckland Harbour, um, accidentally killing um yeah. a photographer who was That's on right. board. Um, and then that led that and that they all thought, no, nah, no, New Zealand cops won't be able to get anybody because you know New Zealand's like pretty dumb. And actually, no, it was one of the best police operations ever, and they got them. How can you um, accidentally bomb a boat and not well, expect didn't. to kill someone? It wasn't well, accidental. They didn't make it. it wasn't an accidental bomb, but they thought that it was oh. empty. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Good yeah, oh. one, France. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the. Big... And if that's your and if you and if that's your allies, I mean, how? Come on. Yeah. True. Yeah, I hate to see enemies. That's right. Mm. Eighty-five guys. Big year for albums. Big year for movies. Some mm-hmm. of the um, some of the albums, Agreed. some of the big albums that came out. Brothers in Arms, big, 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 big in my house. Big, big, same mm-hmm. here. Uh, oh, what else? Meters Murder by the Smiths. Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. Mm-hmm. No, stop, guys. I'm the only one here. <laughs> That's enough. Separate. Hunting high, separate. hunting high and low by Aha, uh-huh, which happens uh-huh. to be my album. Um, I'm going to review Very fine on. choice. A very fine choice. What else came out, guys? What other albums did you think um, of? Marillion. Uh, uh, now, this will be a proggy thing from out of the blue. Yeah. Mum and dad, big time into Marillion and um, Childhood's End or something like that. I remember that album massively played in the car on road trips. Yeah. Where, where did, that have that, did that have that song on it? Um Oh, what's their big song? The big, big song. Misplaced Childhood, it's called. Oh. Kaylee or something. Kaylee, that's right. Yeah, <clears> yeah, <throat> yeah. I think yeah. it might be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, I, I don't know. Um, I think it also coincided that we had an FM radio station in Carpety around that time, and they set up in the mall um, oh, yeah. uh, in Hatfield Court. So they it was an FM. Previous to that, everything was AM and Carpety never really picked up any FM station, so it was quite a big deal. Because um, mm. obviously with FM, you just got that extra bandwidth and quality. So, yeah, the radio was always on. It still is when I go to mum and dad's. It's always on. It's just like this constant presence, which is pretty choice, really. So what was the band? Marillion. Marillion. 
Yeah. I was... never got into them, eh? No, well, I didn't either, and I still haven't really, I suspect. Yeah. Mum and Dad really loved it, eh? Yeah. And, um, oh, you get you get the hardcore you get the hardcore Marillion fans. I've got a couple of clients. I bet you they are. Yeah, real. You, I think you're either into them or not. Yeah, I think so. And they had a um, lead singer called Fish. Fish. That's Fish, right. which nice. I thought was quite funny. But I'll probably have to check it out again one day. I think the but, guitar yeah. player was called Chips. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you're informed. Let's let's start with you then, Ian, because you're definitely firing on all of all the cylinders, mate. Your, your oh, album, your album for this God. week. Oh, the album. Us? We're going yeah. album first. Let's all right, albums, mate. Music, movies, madness. That's da, what da, it's da, called. Da, 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 you go. Album. What did so you I've made what a, you I've made a few notes. So I've started my notes by saying, hmm. <laughs> Uh, I, I wrote that because as what I do every week, I don't just go for the obvious. I try and investigate. I dive and delve, right? That's and, you, man. You've yeah. always been a diver. And I've always been a diver. Yeah. I check, yeah. It, check stuff out. Yeah, you love uh, I love, I love a bit of diving. The, um, I decided, <laughs> this is, shut up. I decided my love of the uh, sounds of the 80s has probably outgrown itself, sadly. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the heavy sort of chorus effect guitars and the um, that kind of newsreader. News yeah, the newsreader yeah. style vocals, you know, when they have that funny accent thing. It, yeah, it's, it's, I've outgrown it. So I tried uh, a Dylan album. I uh, thought I'd check out, see what Dylan's like in the 80s. Nah. What choice um, was that? The Infidels or the – what, what album was that one? Cool. Oh, I'll find it on Google and let you know. It's uh, No, it wasn't that one. Oh, but right. it was – yeah, he only had one album in 85. It's got a good song. Anyway, Paul Brady, you know Paul Brady? Nope. Irish folk singer. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Fishbone tried them. Style Council tried that. Madness tried that. Grace Jones tried that. They were all hard work, man. I was trying really to get into it. I found it's just hard. So Madness. How I, can you not get into madness? Madness is timeless. Not, oh. not in 1985, bro. No. Yeah, nah. it was a quite a departure, that Madness album. Um, it didn't mm. have many big singles and a it dived in a different direction, which uh, yeah. Yeah, I could see why that, that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I decided to go something a little bit off the off off the off the beaten off the beaten track and uh, I went with the Water Boys. Oh yeah. This oh, is oh, yes, I've heard good things Scottish, about that. Aren't they? Scottish yeah. This is the sea is the album. Yeah. Water Boys, this is the sea. So I chose this album because after listening to all the others, I could actually get through this one. Um, I've always been a fan of the Water Boys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like um, they've had some good good songs. I've played in Irish bands over the years, and I like to sort of play that folky, those folky mm -hmm. songs dropping every now and then. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of a connection there for me. Um, they've had some great songs over the year, bang, uh, over the years, like uh, – Bang on the Ear, Raggle Taggle Gypsy. And, of course, their most popular song is The Whole of the Moon. It is, which yeah. is awesome. It's a great song. Which, 
Yeah, well, this is the number one song on this album. This is the sea, and um, I think it's probably one of the best songs ever written. The Hole in the Moon. Yeah, uh, look, you know what? It, I I'd have to say, you might be right there. You might be onto something. I hadn't heard the song in like oh, forever, mm. um, and we went to see um, U two doing the Joshua Tree album um, before all the COVID stuff happened, and the song that they had playing before they all came on stage was guess what hold of the moon, oh, moon. and mm. played on the big you know stadium pas and stuff it was like man i haven't mm. heard this song in years how freaking mm. good is this yeah it was, yeah. It was and now that song is etched mm. in my memory because i freaking loved it that afternoon yeah. there's a yeah. there's an, a, a great clip on youtube of um the killers playing that at glastonbury mm. and the lead singer that he gets up and he says he reckons it's the best song ever written as well mm. it really is yeah honestly if if i mean i've heard it a zillion times not mm. for probably two or three years now but yeah go back and re-listen to the whole of the moon and actually just mm. take it in the lyrics are amazing and yeah. the, the song's amazing and the the orchestration and everything's amazing about that song it's definitely the best song on the album. Uh, that's the first song of choice that David's going to nice. <clears throat> put on for you, Schnauzy. So great song the whole in fact speaking of bono uh the water boys uh one of his top 10 favorite bands so there you go oh, doesn't wow. surprise me hmm. the album is the sound of uh, mike scott who's basically the front man of the water boys yeah um 
it's a really good write-up on wikipedia about the album as well some really in-depth stuff about the recording and how how it all went which i quite enjoy so he they've had a few albums before this one and he felt that this was the album that he had wanted this the water boys to sort of sound after a few years of their earlier stuff had reached the point where he had the sound that he was after searching for you know yeah uh it's, it's a big sound if you listen to the water boys if you're not familiar with them the really stuff's quite folky it's mm-hmm. quite raw you've got a violin player mm-hmm. and a guitar mm-hmm. so this is a, a much bigger album bigger production big sound uh song two dave's going to play now is this is the sea Thanks, Dave. And um, title track, right? Yeah, title track. And as you just heard, really lovely. It's got really raw vocals, a nice riffs. It was a a song written about spirituality. Uh, The album's quite deep. Bang on the drums, written about environmentalism. The Hole of the Moon is inspired by a book called The Winter's Tale by Mark Halpin. Okay. You guys read that book? No. I'm going to buy it. I'm just curious now. Mm. Um, Old England, a song on there is written about Thatcherism and economics. Mm. (laughs) That's quite a good album. So if you're not familiar with the Water Boys, this is a C. It's not my favorite album of theirs, but it's a good one. It's quite the deluxe edition has got some really nice different songs on there too. So, um, yeah, big 80s sound, meaningful lyrics. They were influenced by the Velvet Underground mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Produced by Mike Scott, Mick Glossop, and Carl Wallinger. Wallinger. 
Nice yeah, so one. check that out. Nice this one. is a C. Good choice. Great choice, mm. actually. Yeah, something different. Glenn, what have you got for us? Thank well, you, uh, you're welcome. I um, have done a bit of an Ian thing this week. I've no. done a bit, a bit of diving. Yeah. Um, a bit of diving. Um, you know, haven't digging around to find some gems. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing the AHA album, and then David was like, Yeah, I've changed. I'm going to do that. Like, pickle. <laughs> um, and so we, we had, had a look through the list of song albums and um, went, I have not really listened to Psycho Candy by Jesus and the Mary Chain. And I'm like, Why haven't I done that before? Mm. Um, so I went, Why not? Let's go do this um, Psycho Candy Jesus and the Mary Chain album. Um, and for me, it's been an absolute delight. Um, it provides kind of, for me, the missing link between punk and alternative 90s music. In fact, this album, you can trace back to one of the key sort of influences on that whole alternative scene and what came out of it so when it came out in november 85 it must have been so out of place Mm. like completely out of place um it 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 ain't clean um it doesn't have it's certainly got big production on it but it's certainly it is miles out of place compared to everything else um is that ringtone again sorry let me put that on God, you're you're in high demand tonight. That's a client wanting a haircut at nine o'clock. Oh, mate! <laughs> I know. Anyway, carry on. That's a bit much, guys. It's not even like <laughs> crazy. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So out of place, exactly like this album. Um, and you know what? It, the album for me it combined a whole bunch of styles. And packaged up, um, packaged it up into something new. So, like when I listened to Psycho Candy, it, it had lots of sixties pop hits um, in there, but with this big wall of sound reverb. In fact, the voices are well back in the mix. Mm. Lots of that sort of Velvet Underground experimental songs like Heroin, um, the guitar noise and abrasiveness of say the Stooges. Um, the punk of the Ramones and then a whole bunch of the melody um, of say like The Cure and a lot of the melody of from those 60s pop hits and it's all wrapped up in this huge wall of guitar noise and feedback now that won't be for everybody um, at all, um, for me it's a form of guitar gold um, I mean what's a bit of rock and roll without what, what's a bit of feedback with it what's a bit of rock and roll without some feedback eh? mm. um, so I imagine that, you know, uh, people might listen to it and go, oh, my God, why did they put so much bloody noise all over the songs? Mm. But you know what? It, it kind of mm. adds to it, and um, the songs are actually full of melody if you look a bit closer. Um, so the first song that I've selected um, tonight was one of the singles, and this is Just Like Honey. Trip. 
Right, um, yeah, nice and sweet, um, but again, that, that sort of abrasiveness of noise coming in, which I really love. Um, so Jesus and the Mary Chain were from Scotland. Um, or Do you know from... what album this was? Psychic. How many albums that had before this? Uh, this is the first one. Oh, it's the first album. Yeah, right. yeah first one. Um, brothers Jim and William Reed formed the band um, in 1980. Um, and uh, so you know started working on trying to you know what it's like trying to make a living doing music it could be pretty tough um and a demo tape got passed through to alan mcgee of um creation records and he was really impressed with them and um ended up becoming their um manager now alan mcgee famous for signing basically oasis at the drop of a hat after seeing them one night um yeah he's he's quite a quite a fun dude to listen to old um alan mcgee so i know that he's on the um rock and tours um podcast and um so yeah it's a it's a really like for me i found i feel like i've found something that's been kind of missing in that link between nice. how, how did it get to mm -hmm. so many of the acts that were in, oh, basically just about every act I kind of listened to from the 90s um, was probably influenced a little bit by Jesus and the Mary Chain. Um, the Scots had a the Scots had a handful of good stuff popping out in the 80s, um, didn't they? They had um, Simple Minds were up there. Mm. whacking stuff out um, um a lot more obviously more poppy mm. but, uh they've had some belters you know deacon blue yeah. belting yeah. band yeah. yeah and definitely and look um I've, i know i've talked about sort of the wall of noise and feedback but actually there's a ton of pop hits in here and i don't think many of the songs go over three minutes mm. um so then you know they're all sharp pop songs but with that really sort of unusual take on it with all that noise which is fantastic um so the second song we're going to pick tonight is a song called the hardest walk I never
Oh, that's the hardest walk. Um, did and... they write? Did they write that after hearing five hundred miles? No. <laughs> I, yeah. Well. Yeah. When did that song? They came in after. Came they came in after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, geez, Louise. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is the hardest walk. Yeah. This is a much better song than that one by a long, long way. Brilliant. Um, yes. Yeah, so. Oh, crikey. Um, yeah, I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know what? I might have to do a little bit more of this sort of um, sort of digging around a little bit more for things that I haven't sort of discovered. Um, yeah, it might be might be something to do. Um, nice so, to find those little gems, eh? You know, those little gems that sort of floating totally. around? Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. A couple of, you know, looking at some, it was well-received um, in the you know, the music press at the time, um, I think because it was quite an antidote to so much of sort of the very produced synth sounds and things like that. And um, this had a bit of rawness in it, you know, there's something raw to the whole thing, mm. but also refined. So it's actually, it's a, it's a new thing, which is what I really enjoyed about it. Well, I imagine many of our listeners will go, no, there was such and such a band before them that came up with it. But for me, this has felt like something quite new. Um, and one review here said it may be the only noise pop LP anyone, anyone ever really needs to own, which I totally disagree with. But, um, yeah, definitely. What? Noise pop, is that a genre? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think so. Noisy pop. That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, the music has been described as bubblegum pop drowned in feedback, fused with melody <laughs> with obnoxious fused with melody of obnoxious bursts of white noise. Uh, um, and what a load of shit. I know. <laughs> I can't. That's as bad as a whiskey bottle, right? Oh, uh, you know what. Hints you of magnolia like. with uh, apple spice, and you're like, nah, I can't taste any of that. Apparently, they went to a more refined sound later, but um, this is the one mm. everyone loves. So, let's check yeah. it out. Uh, yeah, I imagine um, I've listened to it a few times, and um, I, I, you'll you'll definitely pick up on which ones have got even more noise over the top than less noise. It uh, sounds it sounds without hearing it a lot a bit like. Uh, was it Gene Loves Jezebel? Who's that? Gene Loves Jezebel. That's another 80s kind of alternative uh, yeah. punk. Okay. Gene Loves Je Yeah, check them out yeah. as well. well yeah. um, and I also managed to trip over um, in this, um, the extended sort of deluxe version of this. Um, they did a cover of Pink Floyd's um, Vegetable Man. Um, and Vegetable Man was never released until, well, only a couple of years ago. Um, so here's this um, Jesus in the Mary Chain covering um, Pink Floyd's um, Vegetable Man, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Beautiful, man. Yeah. I think we'll, yeah. um, we'll fade out to well, that and uh, well, switch over to the other side. Yeah, I don't know if you will like it. It will be a bit of yeah. a probably a bit of a challenge, but um, I don't know. Give it a go. Sometimes you've got to have this kind of. This is what I found by exploring. It's like I was checking out some Desmond Decker stuff that came out in '85. Mm. A bit of scar, you know, Jamaican scar stuff. 
and you you've got to have these little pockets of these different bands you know they're important even if you don't dig them so much they're quite important yeah well i'll probably listen to this oh heaps because it just feels so familiar of what i ended up listening to um in the 90s nice thank you for that glenn lucky last so i went for mainstream so i went for the big overproduced synth stuff glenn that you mentioned before well look this what this album that you've chosen was going to be at one of my probably picks because it's it's phenomenally fun and mm. really really good it, it is you know and uh and it's a good thing it was overproduced um because uh i want to put a um a demo track of take on me so i think it's something like take one or something like that right um that came out uh 84 early 84 i think um it's it's quite different <laughs> to what was actually what was actually uh what uh, we got what we got on the final <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I've got uh, Hunting High and Low by Aha. Aha. Mm. Uh -huh. It was one of my first actual records back in 87, sometime around there. Mm -hmm. um, it's the one with the black and white cover um, with uh, the band looking like they're all of probably 18 or 19. Um, doesn't yes. help, of course, that they're Norwegian and they look young anyway, but... This is a debut album. I didn't actually realize this until I jumped mm. on Wikipedia. This is phenomenal, right? So it's their breakout album that was released in October 85. Um, I didn't not, know that. Not too shabby, mate. Um, mm. Five five singles came off this. Yeah. So Take On Me, which is, I guess for a debut album, it's probably become as popular or something like come on eileen or whatever it's one of, it's one of those sorts of tracks right that is just um it, it is the 80s right so take on me as soon as you think of the 80s you think of something like uh -huh. and everyone mm -hmm. everyone knows that music video right? and you know what it's a song that should never be retired it's because it's that good <laughs> it's that good is it 
It's that good. It had a stellar video. Everything about that song is just I had the top-notch. biggest, biggest TV crush on that chick in the video. Really? Oh, totally. What, what totally. You, were like, you were like nine. I like that Debbie Gibson look, right? Nine years old, David Chang got crushed by a girl. Yeah, oh amazing. Oh, no, 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 no. Hilarious. No, I was probably 10. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would have been if it came out in October. Um, so, yeah. Lover's Reason, oh, which didn't really go, go anywhere. The sun always shines on TV. My favorite track. Love the, that track. Very, I, I mean, can't think of it. The sun always shines on, on TV. TV. Hold touch me. Was this how me touch? Oh me, yeah, me. that's a good song. Yeah, it's a big, big stadium song, eh? Yeah. I know yeah. when you listen when you listen to the album, it's very influenced by Bowie. Um, yes. It's got a lot of Bowie singing in a day. It's brilliant. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Big choirs, the orchestra in there. It's just, it's big. And then there's Train of Thought, which is okay. I, yeah, it did all right. Um, and Hunting High and Low, which is a neat track. So it's a um, Heartbreaker. Yeah, Heartbreaker title track. Um, but back in the day, it wasn't one that I got into because I wasn't into that soppy stuff. Um, uh, the sun always shines on TV. 
and a great music video i remember so um yeah look this is uh one of those albums because it was was one of my first actual records i bought back in coastlands back in the day um has a special place who produced it hunting high and low so what have we got here produced by tony mansfield john ratcliffe and alan tarney so a trio there um at twickenham studios in london reached number 15 on the u.s billboard charts um only went to number one in two countries can you guess which two countries i think you can guess the first one zimbabwe oh come on where are they from norway russia norway 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 and was it new zealand it was the southern the southern hemisphere (laughs) the southern hemisphere is norway aren't we amazing we've got few words yeah yeah so i went to number one in new zealand and norway um uh did pretty well everywhere else went number two hit number two in the uk um just uh, and it is one of those albums guys that you you've got some of these kind of timeless classics yes okay it's overproduced you've got the heavy no, snare you've got no, but you've got fine. you've also got some tracks on there which are just hideous mm. they, they yeah, that's are, definitely everything, a, an 80s thing everything wrong about the 80s is on here side a is is awesome but take on me train of thought hunting high and low Loose guys are right. Living a boys adventure tales neat song, great. Just it's absolutely rocking that first side, and then side B, the sun always shines on TV, and then pretty much I take the needle off and stop there, mm-hmm. <laughs> put it back again because seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine, and ten <laughs> are rubbish. <laughs> oh, they kind yeah. of just I don't, I, don't mix your words, Dave. Don't uh, mix your no, words, bro. Ran out of gas or something, and you tell me. Love is reason. I dream myself alive, and here I stand and face the rain. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the singles that came out in '85, right? We don't need another hero. Crazy for you. Mm. We close our eyes. Um, Frankie, Sister Sledge. Those, yeah. If you compare those songs to uh, "Take on Me," "Take on Me" is way up there. Mm-hmm. Well, those other ones are way down there. Yeah, there's a couple there are light. Frankie, do you remember uh, no, no. me? Oh, no, I agree with that one. Jesus. That's, that's, that's bad. No, the, one of Martin's is on there, Shout by uh, Tears for Fears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tears for Fears, that's a cracking guitar. I quite like, I quite like the Thunderdome song. Huh. We don't need another hero. Yeah, oh. I know, I did. At the time, I really loved it. <laughs> and what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, we close love. our eyes. Oh, we close yeah, our I, eyes. Yeah, I quite like that. Midnight. Yeah. Got, but then again, I have a whole playlist on Spotify listeners of what I call GT's Fun 80s. And uh, <laughs> it's available now that you can have a listen to it. It's awesome. It's basically songs from 1980 to 85. Mm. And I reckon that's the golden years of the 80s. You've said that. Great, you, yeah, great yeah, singles. You have said that before. I, I remember when we did 82, mm. I think it was. Um, yeah. I got it. I do have a, um, a shout. Shout out. Shout out. Shout. For, uh, Martin, because he chose songs from the big chair. From great album. I'd have gone for it. Yeah. Back in the day, I did. um, No, it was actually when I was at college, so probably early 90s. 
Um, I I never got into Tears for Fears, but that song Shout, and it was just the the drums on there. He goes shout, shout, little. He goes, boom. The, the the drum pattern on there just hooked me from the start and really. What well, the drummer sings? The drummer singing. No, I don't know. Does he say? No, the drummer's not singing. I don't know. I don't know much about them really. <laughs> oh, except that I'm, I'm wanting you. Drummers playing <laughs> drums, mate. Oh, sorry. Thought... Drummers little... can sing at the same time as well. They can. So yeah, that was a great album, Martin. Good choice, mate. Um, what else is on the album? I'm just having a look here. Everybody oh, everybody wants, wants to, to rule the world. Oh, never never heard of a it. Crack. Yeah. It's a cracker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Head over heels. Yes, oh, great yes, song. Yeah, Mother's Talk's quite a good song as well. Uh, the working out. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, that's actually a. So oh, I love Tears for Fears. Do you remember seeing them at? Um, what were they on? They weren't they at Live Aid. They were Nebworth, ninety, yeah, yeah, and they I just were, thought they were phenomenal. I thought they were brilliant. They, yeah. they didn't. They turned down uh, Live Aid because they thought that they weren't good enough. Crazy, oh. crazy. Yeah, they, they said as a live act, they, they were still finding their feet, and they didn't want to do it. Yeah, no. they're they're, they're, Brave, tur- they're touring right now. Yeah, North America. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because the Water Boys, when he had his hit with the Hole of the Moon, mm. r- refused to go on top of the pops because he refused to lip sync. Uh, he would only do it live. And that song, even though it became a number one, it never really went global. And they reckon that was the probably the main reason he didn't jump on top of the pops. Crazy. But yeah, some there are well, some bands like that though, right? No Millie Vanilli here. All right, let's move on, guys, to the movies. Because mm-hmm. we had a it was a stonking good year for movies, and I didn't realize how good it was until my brother yesterday he said three of the three of the movies, the greatest movies from the eighties came from eighty five. Glenn, you've already reviewed one of them. I know. It made it very hard because that was I still think that's you can't most <laughs> you can't almost McFly. <laughs> it's it's hard to find holes in that film. That's a good. If film. anything, I just yep. think it's a brilliant film. I watch it any time, any day, any week. Back to the Future '85. What else came out in '85, guys? Come on. Well, I can't believe it's forty years ago. You know how long no, is it? Don't, okay. Don't I know it's which just... ones you've chosen, Glenn. I don't know. I don't know what you've chosen, Ian. But no. Jewel, Jewel of the Nile came out in '85. But that Great movie. It's crap. Oh, oh really, Michael Douglas? Com- compared to *Romancing the Stone*, yeah, we Bronman and I did a double feature recently about these. Yeah. *Romancing the Stone* was awesome. It was so freaking sharp and smart and. Cool. Was that the first one or the second one? Yeah, first one. And first then one. Oh, the, the first one's one was, better than the second one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Second one was so disappointing in comparison. *Commando*. Man, okay, *Commando*. 
That was massive. Older Arnie. brothers loved that one. Eh? I never, yeah. I, old, I remember there was a neighbor across the road from us, and he had an Arnie poster, the Commando Arnie poster in his bedroom. That would have been your brother's, uh, Ian. That would have been Andrew's sort of, yeah, right at that age, yeah, because eh? yeah, a couple of years older. Um, yeah, the Goonies. Yeah, great that's, movie. That's Love what it. I've picked. That's you've, what I've picked. You've picked that one. I have indeed. Good segue into that, mate. Tell us about. Oh, it. Was, oh that's that's my segue. That's, that's your segue, segue. brother. Oh, <laughs> well, we just you. told you now. Smooth, man. Oh, okay, <laughs> smooth. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So smooth. Smoother well, than a, people, smoother than a number one from Ian on a, on a Monday night. Yeah. Smooth, smooth criminal. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Well, The Goonies is, um, oh, I think it's a kid's film. And um, again, God. I, I, think I, went, I think I went and saw this again. Um, I, I'm not sure. I may have gone with some, but my auntie or uncle or something like that. It wasn't quite up there at the same sort of point as um, Back to the Future with my cousins. But I remember just absolutely loving this film so much. And you know what? It's still funny now. Um, totally. Yeah, so it totally works. It, yeah, totally. It's um, co-produced and directed by Richard Donner, um, who had lots of movie hits. And the screenplay was by Chris Columbus. Um, and he went and did, I think he did the Home Alone ones and uh, the first Harry Potter movie and a whole, whole bunch of others. Um, but it was based on a story by Steven Spielberg. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's got all the classics there, isn't it? It's a Spielberg movie and produced by Amblin Entertainment. So that's the, you know, that's up there, eh? Um, effectively, it's a, a kids saving the day film. Um, and I think, you know, why, you know, stranger things are so popular is because movies like, um, uh, the Goonies, it sort of set the scene a little bit first around kids saving the day. Um, ET was the same. Um, and it just continued that sort of theme on. Um, and the kids were basically there to try and save their homes from foreclosure. Um, yeah. And they discover an old treasure map that takes them on a, an adventure um, to find the lost fortune of One-Eyed Willie, the legend 17th century pirate. Um, and at the same time, they're chased by a bunch of criminals who want the treasure for themselves. And it's just hilariously good fun. Um, it's got the older teenagers who look after the kids or the kids look after the teenagers um you've got that sort of romance that sort of runs through some of the characters <laughs> um and oh it's got some you know chunk was my favorite character he was the sort of larger kid and he was just so funny um it's got yeah. all the stereotypes mate. it's got the little Everything. chubby kid it's got the asian kid yeah he's got all the, all the tech contraptions and stuff right yeah Giz yep. was gizmo was his gizmo. name gizmo yeah, something like same, that. Same same yeah. kid that's in Indiana Jones in the temple doing um, the same yeah. Asian boy, right? Um that, yeah, that's right. It's it's um, so cool. It, it, it had one of the Corys in it. Corey True. Feldman was yep, in yep. it. Um and it had Sean Astin who went on to become that's right. um Samwise the yes. Brave or whatever Lord it was. Rings, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings, that's right. Um and I remember fatality. watching I remember watching this that movie at the cinema. 
Well, I didn't go to a lot of movies at the cinema, but I got a plastic Goonies cup yes, with a Go- yes, Goonies yes, print yes, on it, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> and yes. I remember, and so I'm what, nine years old, 10? Mm-hmm. I remember walking out of there thinking to myself, I really, really reached a, a thing, a point in my young life where I definitely understood that American kids were foreign and different to Kiwi kids. Like I, I walked out thinking, oh man, is that what American kids <laughs> do with their, like, why don't me and my mates have a, find a pirate ship and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I just thought how different they were. Oh, absolutely. I am um, um, a, a bit like the Princess Bride when we did that, that year, which might've been 87 or something. I put my son and his um it was one of his one of his birthdays might be his his eighth or ninth birthday all his mates were around and it was raining and so i chucked on the goonies they loved it 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 held their attention they were they were a little bit scared in part so i hung out to be fair it's it's a little bit scary in places um but you know what that's what these type of things you know good kids stories should have a little bit of scariness in them um, they had booby traps and the tunnels and, oh, gosh, all sorts of crazy stuff. Lots of nice. skeletons. Nice. Lots and lots of skeletons. Oh, good, movie, good movie. Good movie. Uh, good choice, man. Yeah, my favourite scene in the movie was um, when the Fratellis are um, interrogating Chunk. Um, <laughs> they ask him that at the beginning, and he basically tells them his entire life story, and it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, and like I remember when I watched um, oh, Stranger Things for the first time, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm loving this so much," because it felt like a modern sort of retelling of, um, um, yeah, the, the Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. yeah, it all comes back to the Goonies. Um, so yes. Um, Absolutely, one of my favourite films from when I was a kid. Nice, brilliant. Thank you, Glenn. Good choice, mate. Oh, it brings back memories. Ian, what have you got for us, man? David, I have got this uh, episode. I decided to choose again. I went through a lot of them, but I, I thought I'd go for Lady Hawk. Ah. Is this mm. where the band Ladyhawk got their name, or she chose that song? I've got became... a think, feeling there's a connection there. Yep. Yeah, it has to be, eh? Yeah. And have you guys seen it? I no. think I might have a long time ago. No? Just, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Long so uh, it's, a, it's a medieval fantasy film. It's um, a story about a young thief. He becomes unwillingly involved with a warrior and his lady. And he learns that the couple's past uh, has a bit of a secret to it. And he chooses to help them uh, overcome the forces of the bishop and help them with their infernal curse. How about that? for yeah. a So it's, uh, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's got... Um, what have I got? Oh, yeah. So she she's basically a she's a hawk in the daytime, and her lover he is a wolf at night time. So they're never together. They're eternally apart, 
but they're always kind of together traveling, if you know yeah. what I mean. So in human form, they're never together. So it's oh, so they're animals. No, no, they they're both. They're cursed. So the humans that get turned into animals. It's just like yeah. Twilight for back in the day. Well, probably <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's got the um it's a Richard Donor film. Oh um, good, eh? Yeah. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer as the main lady. It's got Matthew Broderick as one of the main actors. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got how do you say his name? Root I don't know. Rutger, Rutger, oh, yeah. Oh, Rutger, Helga, Helga, or Helga, yeah. Yeah, I know the yeah. guy. Yeah. Was he the he's, villain? He's, no, he's the warrior. Oh, right. uh, What was he in? Was he in. Uh, oh, heaps of stuff. Blade eh? Runner. Was it Blade Runner? I think so. Uh, yeah, and it's got a 68% Rotten Tomato. The score is produced by Alan Parsons. Oh, yeah. uh, it's just a really good medieval family rom-com so if you want something to watch it's it's good it's quite funny in places it's got that mystical medieval kind of who doesn't like a bit of that stuff right so yeah very very 80s you know big hair michelle pfeiffer pretty bad 80s acting but yeah that's that was the year but sometimes you don't want hardcore you know, you don't want taxi driver every day, do you? No, no. I mean, it's, it makes a big change from Snatch or something that I would normally watch. But um, Lady Hawk is, is yeah, I'd give that. I'd go with Rotten Tomatoes on that, 68%. Go for it. Nice. Sweet. Mm. Beautiful. Thanks, Ian. Well, welcome. Don't you forget about me. Uh... <laughs> never will, mate. We never will. No. I know where this may be going. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know it is. You know it yeah, is. Yeah, Broman, Broman picked it. She reckoned David will pick it. <laughs> and, um, she and, and she was right. Well, so I've, I've picked, yeah, The Breakfast Club because, well, I don't, th- it's one of those, it's a movie that I don't think it's actually. Breakfast Club. I don't think it's actually done. I think it needs to be remade. There you go. Mm. Make it maybe the lunch club or the dinner club. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I, I, I watched it the other night for the first time in a long time, and it was a hard watch. It's really boring was. as hell. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was the. Oh. It was the. Um, there's a couple of good scenes, but really, there's a lot of. Uh, how do I put it? The characters, there's the the Bender character played by um, Judd Nelson, mm-hmm. is is a goodie. He's just an asshole, basically. Um, he's a lovable movie. rogue, mate. He's yeah. a lovable rogue. Yeah. So he, but he's got kind of he's got layers to him, and that makes him interesting. But and probably the other the other character, which I which which I thought has stood the test of time, um, the one played by Ellie Sheedy. Um, she's the kind of goth emo type uh-huh. one where um she's interesting i think she and ellie sheet is a fantastic actor in her own right um out of all of them probably has has the has, you know you can see it's got the ability to sort of play many different varying types of roles whereas a lot of them were typecasted like molly ringwood and um anthony 
So guys name the um Anthony Michael Hall would kind of typecasted into those teen eighties teen roles. Um Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and um my personal favorite, Sixteen Candles. Six, yeah, yeah, Sixteen Candles, oh, and um, love that film. It's so yeah. trashy and awesome. Whereas this one is 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 really, um, I, th- I think back in the day, it certainly. I used to I used to love watching this back in the nineties because it was close to home. But now you've got the, you know, it, we're look fast forward 30, 40 years, right? And it is the, it is the age of the geek, so geekdom is cool, right? So think of Armageddon. Mm. Think, mm. Of, think of think of the Comic Cons and the, you know, geekdom is cool. And um, you know, you've got a lot of homophobic slurs in this, which back in the day when we were at school happened a lot, I remember. But these oh, days, it, these days it's just not cool to be doing that at all. It's, it's a very different era. Um probably what has stood the test of time is the the, the relationships they've had with their parents. I don't think that's changed. I think there's there's still parents out there that put lots of pressure on their kids to be the best at sports, i.e. Emilio Estevich's character. Um, there, there's still the, the you know the, the prom queen, which is um, uh, Molly Ringwood. You just need to jump on TikTok, right, or someone, something like that, and you see so much of that sort of stuff going on, which is... Mm. Um, a world you know, of overachievers, right? Yeah, and and well, basically, um, just so, wearing a wearing a mask, you know, not mm-hmm. not real, you know, it's kind of just a facade. So, um, some of that's pro- th- those things probably have do translate across, but I think it's probably in need of a bit of a makeover. It's a it's a coming of age film, right? So it's sort of a, mm-hmm. aimed at sort of eleven, twelve, maybe maybe a little bit older. Um, and, and and probably the themes it'd be interesting actually to see what Ethan thinks and Emily think of this when they're a little bit older and they watch this and I mean even today at their school right the, the sorts of themes that these kids are you know it's just not there bullying is so uncool right now it's and it's called out and there's so much so much money resource and attention goes into diversity and inclusion and all that whereas back when this was made when we were at school that just didn't exist right it was it was you did have the, these stereotypes did exist we all know the benders mm. and the and the jocks and the princesses and the geeks you know um yeah so i mean gotta remember though it came out in 85 right yeah so when you've got all these like nice lovely movies popping out like back to the future Goonies, Lady Hall, all, all the nice kind of good family stuff. Was this one a little bit edgy, edgy for the time or not? Uh, I don't think it's ever been classified as edgy, like in that in that sense. And actually, what happens is, if you could remember, cast your mind back, they're they're bickering and teasing and being stupid for the first half of the movie, and then they they all have the common. I think they all smoke a joint, don't they? Yeah, they all smoke a joint and, and get, get high and then become best of mates in the last 20 minutes, become best of mates um, and hook up, right? So Ali Sheedy's character hooks up with the jock and Molly Ringwood hooks up with Bender and the brain box goes home alone. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fella. And they all live happily ever after. And and that's why I don't <laughs> think it's edgy. 
that's my point. There's yeah, a, it, it doesn't really leave you with you, you think, oh yeah, they just started out as strangers and they end up mates and that and yeah. So it was a good movie to to rewatch and think about and from today's point of view. Um, I think it, I, yeah, I'd say it does probably need to be remade for modern audiences because a lot of the themes don't really stack up today. That's my take on it. Mm, very good. Yeah. Not I've great. seen it. I've seen it once, and I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, I, I remember it being I slow. Same. I, I was mm. wondering. I, I think I saw it much later, and I was like, "What was all the fuss about?" I may have watched it with you, David. I'm like, maybe, yeah. It I'm may like, have just been a trendy kind of trendy movie at the time. Well, it had. It also had all yeah. the, the you know all the cool kids in it. In the film, true, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that were in Hollywood at the time, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. what's Martin Fine. picked? What's Martin I've... picked? What did Martin pick for this? Um, his movie? For movie, I can't remember to look it up. I know what yeah, else came out. Have you forgotten Martin already? Martin, who exactly you, you forgot? You're shallow, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you've changed. Oh, did you guys watch Ozzy Osbourne at the Commonwealth Games outro? Oh, my God. Oh. Was it bad? So bad. Yeah, I listened to his latest album, actually, and it's just... Oh, man. Oh, Ozzy, what's happened? Now he, yeah, 20 years ago, he had his day, and I think that's it. Done. Toast. Yeah. It comes to a point, but you know, if he's still enjoying what he does and people want to go, then who are we to say? Well, they didn't have a choice at the Commonwealth Games. They were kind of no, there, right? That, that's true. It's <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham for you, isn't it? Yeah. Come on, Birmingham. Clap your hands for me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Birmingham. It's like, oh, Ozzy, get off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. Has there been any other good bands out of Birmingham? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that. We've (laughs) talked about Scotland today, and Scotland's been all good. Could probably do with a uh, a bit of Googleage on that one. Mm. Uh, What's the next year we're doing? Where are we at? London, aren't we? Yeah. The London special. Gonna, Martin's coming to us from London. Dixie's Midnight Runners. What about Dixie's? They're from Birmingham. Oh, okay. Well. UB40. Electric Light Orchestra. Duran oh. Duran. Oh, okay. Well, Why Birmingham. didn't they have any of those guys on? Why Duran Duran, on? I thought Duran Duran were on, weren't they? That was the opening. Ah. Uh. Yeah. You couldn't Aussie. open with Aussie because everyone had just gone home <laughs> before it started. <laughs> uh, didn't watch any. What did Martin choose? No uh-huh. idea. There's too oh, many. Sorry, there, Martin. There's too sorry, many man. bad words in our chat chat thing. I couldn't find it. I was looking at. Oh. I was like trying to get past all your bloody posts, Ian, and there are some interesting words on your posts. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I can't find it. Keep mm. seeing Ian's. Oh. Yeah, anyway. Um, so I'd, I'd like to do a shout-out. I'd like to do a uh, shout-out. Nice Is one. It, I want to do a shout-out to all our listeners all across the world. 
we love you. We really do. Yeah. Yeah. We are the world. Oh, yeah. We are the children. It was, too. That was their thing, wasn't it? That was the year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know why? They (laughs) thought they could beat bloody Band-Aid, right? Yeah. And they did. No. Yes, it did. No, it was rubbish. Oh, no, no, no. In terms of sales, yes. But in terms of song quality, horrendous. Well, history history has shown us that Band-Aid, their nights Christmas, particularly in um, Gavin and Stacey, is the best thing ever. <laughs> That's so true. Babylon. <laughs> I have to really think about that, what song I it was and how it goes. Program. Man, yeah. that was one of the best sitcoms ever. Totally. Do you ever watch it, Ian? Gavin and Stacey? I watched a bit of it. Yeah, wasn't into it James, too much. James, oh, oh. he's so funny. Was I just to f- that. Yeah. Phoenix Nights, I used to watch, I used to enjoy that. Yeah. 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 So if we are able to do a cross into London, we will see what we can do. London Calling. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a fabulous theme. Uh, it should be fine, mate. 8.30 here, nine, is 9.30 a.m. over there. I'm going to put the challenge, I'm going to put the challenge out to, to any of our listeners to give me, to give me an album. This week, somebody give me an album. The first one that I read, well, I shall review. How about that? With a, with, with connection to London, got to be a, a London connection there. Nice. Yep. Nice. Okay. London so, calling. Yep. London calling. Give me an album. I don't care who does it. Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Anyone. <laughs> but <laughs> no. no. Oh, you like, might regret. You, you might regret like, that. You called him out. Um, all right. Yeah, there you go. I'll do it. I'll map for it. I, I, I can tell. Uh, London calling. And with one minute and 33 seconds left, it's time to cross way from London to New Zealand, where they are just going to bed. <laughs> nice. Goodbye. Goodbye, 1985. Well, if anyone's still listening, thank you for staying with us. <laughs> And um, we'll see you next time on The Muppet Show.